The more disqualified you are, the more in position you are to receive God's grace. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today we have Joseph Prince. And something that Joseph talks about a lot is grace. And he said something in this message that really just opened my eyes because, you know, sometimes when people close to me especially do things that are what I would consider wrong or sinful or just stupid or whatever, um, I tend to easily jump on them and be like, oh, that was, I can't believe you're doing that. I don't understand why, you know, stop doing that basically. And he said something in here that really convicted me about God's grace and how, yes, we mess up. Yes, we sin. But God's grace overlooks that. Like he talks about Song of Solomon and how there's no blemish in you. God does not see a blemish in you. And we are to look at people with that same kind of love. They know they messed up. They don't need me to sit there and point it out and say, you're so dumb. I can't believe you messed up. That's not helpful at all. But for me to look at somebody after they've messed up or my husband or my children or a good friend or whatever and say, you know, I love you anyway. I'm always here for you and I believe in you. That really instills grace and the, gra- that's, the grace is what gives us the power to change and to overcome these issues that we deal with. Here's Joseph. Y'all ready for the word? Ephesians chapter 4. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth when the, the word corrupt here is the Greek word, it does not mean profanity. All right, profanity, of course, is corrupt. It goes without saying. But it's not uh, referring to profanity. It's referring to any word that is not useful. Non-useful word, literally in the Greek. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now, what is grace? Grace is undeserved favor. Can I have a good amen? And God loves grace. Everywhere you see in the Old Testament that says His mercies endure forever. If you go to Israel today and you meet a believer and you ask them for their New Testament, all right, ours is in English, amen, taken from the Greek, but theirs, the Messianic believers in Israel, they have a New Testament in Hebrew translated by a great scholar by the name of Delich. Everywhere it says grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace, he, he was full of grace. The word grace, charis there, the word grace is translated as hesed in Hebrew. And hesed is what David says in, in the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms. His hesed endures forever. His grace endures forever. His grace is new every morning. That thy loving kindness, your loving kindness is better than life. The word there is hesed. Your grace is better than life. And you wonder why I'm so excited about grace. Amen. God is excited about grace. God loves grace. He delights in mercy. He delights in grace. The Bible never says God is rich in anger. God has anger, but He's not rich in anger. He's rich in mercy. Jesus is not full of anger. Yes, He demonstrated anger at certain times. And anger is not sin. When you are angry at injustice, that's not sin. Amen. It never says Jesus is full of anger. It says He's full of grace and truth. And, and I used to wonder, how can one be full of grace? Because Stephen, the first martyr of the church, he, the Bible says he was full of grace. He was full of faith and full of grace. 
John 1 verse 14, Jesus was full of grace and truth. How can you be full of grace like Stephen? Amen. All right, you say Jesus is full of grace and truth. That goes without saying. But Stephen was just a believer. He was actually a deacon, not even a, a, a pastor. And yet he was full of grace and truth. How? It's a secret here. Whatever, you know, the old King James says, what is good for the use of edifying. Here it says what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace. Whatever builds up. Edification means built up. The word comes from the Greek word oikodomio, which is building a building, building a, a, a house. It's more of a building than a house, going upwards, oikodomio, all right? And where he says edify, edifice, the same word. To edify is to build a building. So whatever builds people up, I didn't say puff them up. Puff them, you, you flatter them. But build them up with words, and the context is with words. Whatever builds people up, impart grace to them. I said, if you want your children to be full of grace, speak words of edification, that it may impart grace. Whatever is edifying imparts grace. Again, whatever is edifying imparts grace. Can I have a good amen? But you say, well, Pastor Prince, uh, sometimes, you know, I, I tell them, as it is, because they, they did this, they did that. I need to tell them this. Yeah, but you see, grace means undeserved favor. We all deserve hell. God gives us heaven. We all deserve to be punished. God sent His Son to be punished with our punishment and judgment. Amen. Can I have a good amen? Under law, God demands righteousness from sinfully bankrupt men. Under grace, God provides righteousness for men. Amen. Under law, God says, I'll by no means pass over your sins, but I'll visit your sins to the third and fourth generation. Under grace, God says, your sins I remember no more. What happened? The cross changed everything. And it's called grace. Grace means that at the cross, Jesus, who never deserved and not a single iota of judgment or bad thing. He never sinned. The Bible uses the words, Peter used the word, he did, he did no sin. Paul used the word, he knew no sin. John says, in him is no sin. In every aspect, there was no sin in him. But at the cross, he became a sin offering. With whose sin? Your sins and mine. So he who deserves everything good, got everything bad that he did not deserve. So that you and I, who, have, who deserve nothing good, can receive every good. And that's called grace. Amen? And grace, God does not give grace um, presumptuously. God gives grace on a solid foundation. All right? The death of His Son has released, I can say like this, released God to show grace freely to sinners. By the way, it's only available for people who don't deserve it. So if you feel you deserve it, you cannot come to Him. That's the reason why in Matthew 21, Jesus said to the Pharisees, the, the scribes and the elders, He says that, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors, they are the, like the bane of society. No one wants to fellowship with them because they collect taxes for the Romans at that time. And harlots, you know what's harlots, right? Prostitutes. Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots will enter the kingdom of God before you. What does that mean? 
And that's interesting, people, that the more disqualified you are, the more you are in position to receive God's grace. Amen. Can I have a good amen? Now, that's not to say we sin, all right, purposely so that we can... No, it's, the thing is that when you know you are disqualified, and when you know that you don't have it all together and you receive God's grace, God's grace will not leave you the same way you are. Can I have a good amen? So, when our children missed it, when our, our spouse missed it, how do we speak to them? Do we speak to them based on what they deserve? Then we're not imparting grace. Because words of grace, any words that give them what they deserve is a corrupt word. It's a non-useful word. They know they have failed. They know they did this. If you say you're so stupid, you're so careless, what a revelation for them. You have not imparted anything to them, amen, but when, when they have done wrong and you go to them and say, all I want you to know is that I love you, that does something to them. I want you to know that in my eyes, you're perfect. In my eyes. That's how God sees us, you know, people. Amen? Amen? And nobody can tell you you're blinder. It's my eyes. It's my, it's my kid. It's my wife. You do what you want with yours. This is, these are my eyes. I choose to see them. And that's how the Song of Solomon is, is, is written. You know, it's like uh, the, the lover says to the beloved, you are altogether lovely. There is no spot in you. How is that possible? It's the eyes of the lover. But praise God, that lover there is our Lord Jesus. And when he says he sees no spot in us, you know, there's nothing like uh, for the beloved to feel like, ah, you know, in, in the presence of this one, he can see no wrong. Not that there's no wrong, he sees no wrong. Amen. When Israel was passing through the wilderness, all right, they came to an area in the land of Moab where the Bible tells us um, there was a, a, a wizard you know, and whoever he curses become cursed. So the king, afraid of Israel, hired this wizard to curse the people of God. And he said this, God, the wizard himself, God put words in, his, in, in the wizard's mouth. And he said, God has not beheld iniquity. God has not beheld sin in Israel. But if you go among the Israelites, you will see, hear them complaining, you will hear them murmuring. But in God's eyes, he has not beheld iniquity. Now the assurance is not that there is no iniquity. The assurance is that God does not behold it. That was Joseph Prince, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Joseph Prince, The Power of Grace-Filled Words. You can also find out more information about him at josephprince.com. Hope you have an amazing day, and I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless.